Hi, welcome to Dassault Systems Podcast 3D Design and Engineering. Today's product life cycles are becoming shorter and shorter due to the fast evolution of technologies. Customer demand for tailored solutions keeps growing. We're seeing new form factors of devices, new usages, and new applications. With this, we can expect to see product architectures getting even more complex and even entirely new architectures coming up. I'm your host, Matthew Hall, and joining me today is Mahesh Deshpande. Mahesh is the Senior Director of High-Tech Industry Business Consulting at Dassault Systems. He is a global industry expert in digital transformation. He consults for CXOs and operations leaders in product development and manufacturing on the issues and process innovation strategies. Thank you for joining us today, Mahesh. Thanks for having me, Matthew. Great, glad you're here. So, welcome, and let's just dive right in and get started and jump to our first question here. So, my first question to you today is, what is your view of the architecture evolution in high-tech products and why it's important to systematically manage architectures throughout product development? Yeah, the architecture at its core means an organization structure for components and modules, you know, at the logical as well as physical levels. And uh, there are strategies uh, by which you, know, you decompose, you arrange and you decouple the modules. Eventually, all these uh, would implement the product functions. Mm -hmm. you know, architectures in virtually every category of products are evolving fast these days because you know, we have very software and electronics intensive products. Uh, electronics, software, mechanics, uh, electrical integrations are happening at a much deeper level uh, to deliver uh, complex interdependent functions. On the semiconductor side, we have um, multiple system on chip uh, integrations happening. There is system and package um, that packages multiple chips at once. On the board side, there are various you know board uh, flexible board and um, multi-layer board design strategies. Um, on the embedded software side, we have the hardware and control software getting decoupled fast. Uh, then with the IoT uh, and, um, and network connectivity, you know, and also cloud, you know, some of the software may not even run on board the product and it could run on the, on the cloud. You know, we see this happening uh, in the next generation cars, uh, radio access networks, drones, airplanes, uh, a, a lot of products. Right? Secondly, uh, architecture management has to do with managing the definition of uh, master architecture. So what, what to me that is, that is managing the compatibility with uh, the technical solutions uh, and compatibility with uh, market facing uh, variability space of features and options. It has to do with managing trade-offs across alternatives of architecture and its overall lifecycle governance, right? Uh, the mm -hmm. configuration and change management. Virtually every company uh, now operates a portfolio of family of products and uh, variants within. So it's important to manage the shared architectures because you know, it can really have a huge impact on the entire portfolio in terms of cost. You know, there is a, the long shadow of architect, architecture and design that can impact 70 to 80% of the total product cost. And then there is speed to market of uh, new product, new platforms and variants, uh, standards, compliance, and quality impacts. 
Okay. Well, uh, another question I have for you is that most companies typically have some form of modular architecture approach. And what challenges do manufacturers still face today that can be addressed with a holistic modularity thinking? I see three or four opportunities here. One is that uh, most companies would undertake the initial step of modularizing a product line or two. Pilots go successful with the modularization benefits, but uh, they may not go all the way to leverage the synergies of a common architecture at a portfolio level. Mm -hmm. Secondly, uh, we still see a lot of tribal uh, knowledge or knowledge uh, still buried under, you know, big uh, piles of papers. At one big appliance maker, uh, we had seen uh, very high mat maturity on uh, on the modularity thinking, but uh, a lot of the, the know-how in terms of rules and uh, constraints were buried in uh, PowerPoint playbooks. Uh, also, at a, at a big networking OEM company, uh, they would still deal with uh, hundreds of pages of uh, documentation on complex rules on how to compose products and variants and you know, imagine how many times uh, uh, there would be cells uh, proposing a solution configuration that can be built or uh, that can be technically supported. Uh, thirdly, uh, we see that the beginning focus uh, is on mechanics and there is still a lot of modularity to be achieved but uh, electronics and software again uh, are critical elements I mean, uh, when you look at the growing product content uh, through electronics and software, anywhere from 60 to 70 percent comes from the hardware software side. So it needs to be integral part of the modular strategy. And fourthly, when we think of implications on the modular structure of the product, mm -hmm. uh, we can't think only from a R&D and, and product development standpoint. Uh, all the cross-functional stakeholders' voice uh, must be included there. You know, for instance, manu manuf uh, manufacturability, serviceability, uh, procurement and supply. I mean, all, all these things uh, to me uh, are part of the holistic modularity thinking. So you need to bring some total enterprise, holistic view across everything to help break down all those knowledge silos that uh, many companies are probably seeing these days. With that, today's product lines, you know, they have to work together to deliver a consistent, continuous customer experience. How do you go about engineering the whole product lines with modular architecture in mind? And what are the commonly encountered pitfalls and best practices that you could think of? Uh, so engineering entire product lines for modularity can be a complex initiative. Mm -hmm. But uh, there are two very complementary methodologies uh, that can be greatly helpful. So one is uh, model-based systems engineering, MBSE. Mm -hmm. This is uh, a practice of modeling requirements and functions system architectures and the physical architectures and linking all these assets. And the second one is model-based product line engineering, which is a practice of building product models and variants from a common architecture by reuse and variation of modules. You know, both are proven uh, in, uh, in automotive, aerospace, and high-tech uh, adopted by many leading companies. Uh, the common pitfalls I come across, uh, you know, first and foremost, modularity is a business transformation, and it's not treated as such. Right? This is not an IT tools project. And secondly, even even though architecture is owned by R&D, product management and downstream functions must have uh, a participation in the modularization strategy in terms of what are the right choices 
to partition the product into the modules, uh, aligning the, the supply uh, supplier choice um, uh, strategies as well as manufacturing strategies. With them. And thirdly, organizational uh, implication. Uh, the role of product and module architect is not often emphasized, right? When compared to traditional engineering roles, I mean the architects are the as we as we talked before, are the the key roles in managing and governing the architectures, which are heart of uh, the entire product line. Another question I have for you, Mahesh, is what are the benefits of holistic modularity to manufacturers and end customers? Right. So from a manufacturer's perspective, across the board, you know, we, I mean, I can share some of the, uh, some of the KPIs uh, that are seen uh, as adopted by, by leading companies. So we can see time to market reduction, uh, in the range of 30 to 50 percent, uh, we have seen uh, one uh, one giant uh, appliance and consumer electronics maker experiencing 30 percent uh, uh, reduction in the product variant introduction time. Uh, engineering resource costs uh, could be reduced by as much as 30 percent. Material cost 10 to 20 percent due to reuse and standardization. Manufacturing of assembly cost. Uh, this can be significantly improved, say up to 60% uh, due to standardization of processes and resources and reuse of modules, and even reduction and consolidation of suppliers by as much as you know 50 to 80% uh, because of modularization strategy. Uh, that's for manufacturers. When thinking from an end customer or consumer perspective uh, in the, in the B2B space, uh, the biggest benefit is around. Uh, reduction in the delivery lead time, uh, depending on the complexity of equipment, uh, you could see uh, from a couple of weeks uh, down to a few days of you know, delivery uh, lead time. Mm -hmm. uh, in consumer device space, uh, you could uh, experience greater personalization of the product model of your choice, uh, better service serviceability and upgradability uh, because of modular architecture. And who knows uh, if the leading smartphone makers take that direction, even modular phones, you know, for us uh, consumers. Wow. So some incredible savings there. All right. The last question I have for you today, Mahesh, is how can a digital innovation platform enable all this that you've been talking about? Yeah, basically a digital innovation platform would institutionalize the tribal knowledge. You know, the, the knowledge uh, in the heads of the experts uh, embedded in paper, paper, excels, powerpoints, and the methodology into a model-based digital environment. Really integrating the methodology and the methods uh, into the daily work and the decision support environment. You know, specifically, uh, this type of a platform would provide a uh, unified information model. As we talked from requirements to functions into architectural and the physical design assets, a collaboration uh, for cross-functional stakeholders, including supply chain, uh, R&D uh, people, mm -hmm. procurement, manufacturing, etc., and uh, a, a strong governance layer uh, for configuration change, traceability change is so pervasive throughout the development cycle. Right? So looking at all the, the client journeys, I'm really convinced that uh, adoption of a digital innovation platform is key to sustaining the benefits we just talked about. 
Great. I mean, it would truly, you know, as you mentioned, expose expertise and pull that out of people's heads and get it out for everyone, expose everyone can use and leverage it. Great. Well, Mahesh, that was the last question I had for you today on this very interesting and complex topic. Thanks for uh, walking us through that, and thank you for the insights. Thanks, Matthew. Thank you for listening to our podcast with Mahesh. To find out more how Dassault Systems is helping companies with digital transformation with modular design and manufacturing, please be sure to visit go.3ds.com slash H-T-O-E. Also, remember to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss out on another fascinating episode, all available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and all other major podcast channels. I'm Matthew Hall. Make it a great day.